welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of the Holy Guardian Angels. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in your unfathomable providence are pleased to send your holy angels to guard us, hear our supplication as we cry to you, that we may always be defended by their protection and rejoice eternally in their company. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Job. From the heart of the tempest, the Lord gave Job his answer. He said, Have you ever in your life given orders to the morning or sent the dawn to its post, telling it to grasp the earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it? When it changes the earth to sealing clay and dyes it as a man dyes clothes, stealing the light from the wicked men and breaking the arm raised to strike? Have you journeyed all the way to the sources of the sea, or walked where the abyss is deepest? Have you been shown the gates of death, or met the janitors of Shadowland? Have you an inkling of the extent of the earth? Tell me all about it if you have. Which is the way to the home of the light, and where does darkness live? You could then show them the way to their proper places, or put them on the path to where they live. If you know all this, you must have been born with them. You must be very old by now. Job replied to the Lord, My words have been frivolous. What can I reply? I had better lay my finger on my lips. I have spoken once. I will not speak again. More than once, I will add nothing. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. O Lord, you search me and you know me. You know my resting and my rising. You discern my purpose from afar. You mark where I walk or lie down. All my ways lie open to you. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. O where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your face? If I climb the heavens, you are there. If I lie in the grave, you are there. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. 
If I take the wings of the dawn and dwell at the sea's furthest end, even there your hand would lead me, your right hand would hold me fast. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. For it was you who created my being, knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you for the wonder of my being, for the wonders of all your creation. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. Alleluia, alleluia. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So he called a little child to him and set the child in front of them. Then he said, I tell you solemnly, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, the one who makes himself as little as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. See that you never despise any of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven are continually in the presence of my Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So quick recap on the book of Job. Remember how it started. It started with this prologue where God is very pleased with Job and and looks down from heaven and and sees how faithful he is. And uh, the accuser, Satan, he goes, well, yeah, of course he's faithful. You've given Job nothing but blessings. And so God gives permission to Satan to take these blessings away, everything except his life. And that's what happens, right? He loses his whole livelihood. And, you know, Job was a rich man. Uh, And then he loses his children in a terrible accident where the house in which they're staying collapses. And then Job loses his own health. Head to toe, he's covered in wounds. Uh, And so Job sits there in his misery and still refuses to curse God. Remember, we have that great line, you know, Job just goes, well, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord gives, the Lord has taken back, blessed be the name of the Lord. But he sits on a pile of manure for about seven days, uh, and he's got three friends with him, and they they sit there in the silence. And it's at that point that Job, he kind of snaps a little bit, Um, and he is filled with this question, well, God, what the heck? What's going on? Why all of this suffering? And why all of a sudden? And, you know, is this something that I've really come to deserve? And it opens up this dialogue then between Job and God and Job and his mates. You see, his mates then jump to God's defense. Well, Job, if this is happening to you, you must have done something wrong. This has got to be some kind of punishment because God is just. So if you're getting a whole bunch of stuff happening to you, it's because you deserve it. So Job, you know, just repent and no doubt things will get better. And it's at this point, Job kind of shrugs his shoulders and goes, no, but hang on a second. Good people suffer all the time. 
and bad people thrive. And I'm someone who's good, you know, I, I, I'm righteous. In his last little speech, Job speaks of some of his virtues, some of the things that he was striving to do in his life. And, you know, he paints a picture of a guy who's really given it a good crack. Listen to this. I made an agreement with my eyes not to linger on any virgin. Surely God sees how I behave. Does he not count all my steps? Have I been a fellow traveller with falsehood or hastened my steps towards deceit? Let him weigh me on accurate scales. Then he, God, will recognise my integrity. He says, have I been insensible to the needs of the poor or let a widow's eyes grow dim? Have I eaten my bit of bread on my own without sharing it with the orphan? I, whom God has fostered father-like from childhood and guided since I left my mother's womb, have I ever seen a wretch in need of clothing or the poor with nothing to wear without his having cause to bless me from his heart as he felt the warmth of the fleece from my lambs? I mean, Job certainly paints a pretty good picture of himself. And his friends are always saying, well, Job, look, there's something there. You know, you're not telling the whole story. There's something secret because, you know, what you're suffering, it's clearly got to be a punishment from God because God is just. And there's the accusation that Job makes against God. It's like, well, God, look, no, I haven't done anything to deserve this. And all the while, this dialogue between Job, who's accusing God, and his friends who are defending him that this dialogue has taken on the form of a kind of quasi-court case, a riv, as it's known in, in Hebrew, right? And this is how Job finishes. He says, Will no one give me a hearing? I've said my last word. Now let Shaddai, God, reply. When my adversary has drafted his writ against me, I shall wear it on my shoulder and bind it round my head like a royal turban. I shall give him an account of my every step and go as boldly as a prince to meet him. End of the words of Job. Now at that point, you need to imagine a mic drop. End of the words of Job. I'm done. God, your turn. You reply. Well. God turns up. He speaks from the heart of a storm. And that's where we pick up our reading from today. Now, our reading is, is kind of chopped up into little bits. God has a really long speech with Job. In fact, it goes on for about four chapters. Um, but what the lectionary has done is taken a little bit from the start and a little bit from the middle and a little bit from, you know, halfway through. But it's enough for us to get an idea of the thrust of what God is saying to Job in reply. Now, I'll just start by reading a couple of verses that um, the lectionary actually chopped out from the first reading today, because I think it gives us a good handle on the kind of tone with which God is speaking. Listen to this. So, then from the heart of the tempest, the Lord gave Job his answer. He said, Who is this, obscuring my intentions with his ignorant words? Brace yourself like a fighter. I'm going to ask the questions, and you are to inform me. Right? Okay, so there's the, there's the structure. It's now God's turn to question Job. Job's been spending all this time questioning God. 
All right, I got some questions now for you, Job. Have a listen and answer if you can. Have you ever in your life given orders to the morning or sent the dawn to its post, telling it to grasp the earth by its edges and shake the wicked out of it? No? Oh, you haven't done that, have you, Job? Oh, okay. Well, how about this? Have you journeyed all the way to the sources of the sea or walked where the abyss is deepest? Have you been shown the gates of death or met the janitors of Shadowland? Have you an inkling of the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you have. I like it because God gets a little bit snarky, it seems. Um, After all of this accusation that Job has laid at his feet, he's, he's a bit fed up, it sounds like. Listen again. Which is the way to the home of the light? And where does darkness live? You could then show them the way to their proper places or put them on the place where they live. If you know all this, you must have been born with them. You must be very old by now. There's almost a kind of little sarcastic tone to it, but you know what? God is proving a point. Let me try and paraphrase this a little bit. Job, you're one bloke. You've got one pair of eyes that see from one place and one time. But I'm God. Look at the complexity of creation. I know it through and through. Every single inch of it, from the highest height to the deepest depths, I'm the one who puts the stars in place. I'm the one who guides the course of everything. There is so much that you haven't seen. There is so much that you don't understand. So Job, how can you stand in accusation of me and claim that you know that I'm unjust? That from your little perspective, you're right and I'm wrong. Job is brought to a place of radical humility. You know what, Lord? You're right. And here's how Job replies. My words have been frivolous. What can I reply? I'd better lay my finger on my lips. I've spoken once. I will not speak again. More than once, I will add nothing. No more accusations, God. You're right. How can I know your ways? How can I know your plans? How can I accuse you of being unjust? How can I look at my sufferings and say, I understand them and I know what God's doing and it's unfair? Now notice something interesting. God at no point explains to Job the reason why he's suffering. There's no moment where God goes, okay, Job, look, this is the big picture and this is what's actually going on. God offers no explanation. He simply points to his greatness and Job's littleness and asks him to trust. Look, Job, I know my business, and maybe you don't. So, be humble. Trust me and lean into me. This is where Job falls silent. Now, I suspect all through this little cycle of hearing about Job's sufferings, our own sufferings have probably been coming to mind. Um, 
And I think the Lord gives us a similar kind of response. How could we possibly know how our sufferings fit into the big picture? What kind of fruitfulness they might bring about? Maybe not now, maybe not later, maybe not until after our deaths. Who knows? God does. And it's in this powerful encounter with God when Job sees him in this tempest, in this storm, that he's able to entrust himself into God's hands, recognize the Lord's power, and see that, in actual fact, God knows what he's doing. He knows his business. So perhaps that invitation's being made to us too, that with our own struggles, to turn towards the Lord, and yeah, by all means complain, but in our confusion and sorrow, let it all come to silence and to trust. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas 
we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Thank you.